listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 465. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we conclude our look at season two, the HBO Max series, Befarners. And this is also the last podcast you're going to record on your uh, MacBook Air, too, right? Yeah. Sorry. Don't. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to think about it, but but yes, the uh, the county is making us swap out our MacBook Airs for grown Dells, and uh, so this is it. Um, as of Friday, we have to give it back to the county, so I'm sure they'll sell them back to Apple so they can be yeah. repurposed and everything. But, sure. uh, you know, I'd rather give them my Dell. They can sell that. They can- yeah, well, I guess you'll learn to use Audacity, and yeah. we will we will soldier on but uh anyway we got a lot to talk about uh you know this week yes we do and we are going to announce that next up on sci-fi tv rewatch is the amazon prime video series open range which maybe was kind of a dark horse and and you haven't seen it yet right that is mostly why i've, I've i'm trusting dave on this one and um i haven't seen any of it i don't know anything about it so this is the one of the few times i'm 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 with the listeners on the ground floor everything you hear is just as i'm watching it without knowing what's going to happen next all right cool well uh fred mentions in his feedback warrior nun and as uh we posted in the facebook group season two is going to air in a couple of weeks now we've never taken a series where we start with a season other than the first so if we were going to do warrior nun which you know we haven't really talked about um well, well we did talk about, back in the day it. we talked about when it was you know, yeah, when it yeah. first came out right but if we were to do that or you know another show we would start with season one and then uh see what happens from there and then like we always say if we get into open range and we're not really feeling it um we'll stop and we'll figure something else out but the other show that that got posted in the facebook group is the the show we've been waiting for from baron bo odar and yante frisia called 1899 and it's still all they're saying is late 2022 so whatever that means exactly i don't know but but as we're, I we're there the face, yeah i was gonna say i don't <laughs> think i'm gonna have a hard time convincing wayne no, to cover that one not we're that that yeah. one for sure we're doing and i'm sure we will adjust our schedule so that whenever it what well, didn't someone i thought i saw something about like October 22nd or something. Well, you know, and, and that was what was confusing. And then, and, and that I think it's, it's been a while since I watched the trailer, but I think that's something that's mentioned in the trailer. I think maybe about the actual show, not necessarily when it's going to drop. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I was a little confused, but I think we got that, uh, squared away. So okay. anyway, well, uh, whenever we're there yeah. for that, 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 that is a, for sure. Yep. So uh, Wayne and I are not going to talk about what we're watching this week because with a season finale, there's generally a lot more to talk about. And certainly with this episode, that's the case. So let's just jump right into Be Foreigners, episode six of season two, the season finale, written by Ilif Skogvin 
and Bjornstadt, directed by Jens Lien. It aired in Europe January 2nd, 2022, and in the U.S. January 27th. So we got a few key takeaways that that uh, we can just throw out there up front, and and I think it makes a lot of sense to go chronologically. That's not always the case, but but certainly here. Um, well, chronologically, in which reality? <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Um, and and that was, you know, I, I was debating whether or not to uh, bring that up. That you know, the interesting thing, you know, that that former Attorney General Bill Barr talked about our former president as living in an alternate reality. And, and of course, that's what we've got. Well, this. I wish he were, and I wish he would stay there if he were. Yeah. But anyway, Fred checks in in his feedback and talks about, you know, the genetics and, and the accuracy of, of what they talk about, you know, in this episode. But, but I think it's safe to say we learn that Alfeder is Ingrid's daughter yep. and Lars' granddaughter. Yeah. And, while that's a pretty big reveal in and of itself, other than the audience, it seems as if the Brits are the only ones that know that at this point. Well, I think Alfieldier does. I think the cross, I took that montage as the cross kind of, um, you know, jogged her like memory. Okay. And okay. she's and, seeing and, these memories of Ingrid as her mother. So I think she Oh, knows. okay. Okay, well, that would be super cool, I think. You know, we'll talk later in the podcast about what season three might look like. And season three, just for, you know, you guys' information, and there's not a lot out there, but apparently what they do in Norway, and I think I've mentioned this in the past, they they certainly generate funding for the podcast, uh, for the, uh, the series, but they also uh, apply for funding from i guess the state and from you know this one particular organization which funded them for the first two seasons and and gave them more money the second season than they did the first so i i want to say i can't imagine that they won't get the third season but i mean you never know so you we'll never keep know. you guys posted yeah right but it, it does seem as if the brits understand this this you know connection that she has and 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 that's i guess an interesting thing because in terms of the flashbacks we're never entirely sure whether it's her flashback or whether it's simply provided for the audience right now obviously what you're saying is you think that that's her flashback and i mean i've gotten you know no evidence to the contrary so you know she certainly seems to recognize that cross as having really important meaning to her and well my thing is just why would they why would they have that flashback just for the audience like it wouldn't make sense like narratively you know right now we see that scene and we've seen it a couple of times when you know they're they're children and the vulva comes up as young Alfeder is sleeping and, and takes the necklace from her. So I think every time we see that scene, we're wondering whether or not Alfeder is actually awake and, and knows that she took it because otherwise then that's a flashback just for us, right? Not a memory. Right. Yeah. And that, that is the one thing I was questioning because you're right. 
they do show once again the vulva taking the cross, and it's this time it's not the vulva's memory because she's dead. Um, so either, yeah, as you said, it's either Alfielder was awake and knows what happened, or they are just showing it for the audience. But again, like I feel like that's just such a cheat if you're just showing us something that the character's not aware of, you know. Like, well, okay. I mean, I, I see your point, especially in a series like this. Yeah. Um, but but it, it, there it is. So well, we don't know like, about that particular so, if, scene. It's like you're like saying, oh, guess what? Uh, Ingrid is, is her mother. But no one knows this except for the Brits who, who ran the DNA test. And then, well, why, why show us the scene, right? As with Alfie. Why have that whole scene with Alfield there? Uh, find the cross and everything and showing those if it's not her genuine memories okay and and, you know you know we've seen the the ocean rescue scene a couple of times i think the first we could argue that it was tommy's memory uh rather than hers but today in this episode i'm not so sure and then when she goes into the evidence uh, room and and pulls the cross out of the box uh, you know i think that's the flashback scene you're talking about yeah. as well so you know does she remember ingrid giving her that because if that is the case then i mean just effing wow yeah. <laughs> i mean uh, come on <laughs> you're gonna make us wait a year to, right. to find out what happens next and and how quickly does she process all of that? I mean, obviously we don't know. So um, the other thing about the Brits project 19, we assume is still in place, but to what end do they have any reason now to go back to the 19th century? I mean, well, what's the reason it exists in the first place? What the hell are they doing? I think that's going to be kind of a theme of this podcast, Dave is what the F are the Brits doing? (laughs) Yeah, and and not to mention once we get to the uh, the alternate world, but but yeah. So to what end? I mean, it, it seems like they've invested a lot of time and money into a program that it's just going to end because John Roberts is dead. So you know, we're certainly you know left with that. Then the events in the alternate world seem to take place simultaneously with the events in the tunnel right and yes i get i get the sense that this may not be the first time something like this has happened not with our cast of characters but right but somebody else i mean why why else do they have alex as a time agent right why are they so prepared for this right exactly they know exactly what to do like Clearly, this has happened before. You're absolutely right. So whether or not we're going to find more, I I can't imagine we won't find out more about the Brits Project 19 uh, program. And and then this rift that Roberts and Alfeder opened when they collided in the tunnel, has it really been closed? I mean, it, it does seem as if it has been and that everybody's going on about their business as if it has but you opened up the many worlds premise and theory for us so just because you closed this window are there other windows now i feel like we're back to fringe again right right well totally 
But I think you're, but it goes back to what you just said. I mean, this definitely does not seem like this is the first time this has happened. The Project 19 team definitely knows exactly what's going on and how to deal with it. So clearly this has happened before. Surely it'll happen again. So yeah, that's just call me Shirley. Right. <laughs> um, you know, that, that, uh, that, yeah, that, that the, the possibility of, of other realities opening and, and or closing is certainly out there. Yeah. And when you have a show that's only getting six episodes, I mean, they could really tell a, a long, fascinating and compelling story. I, I don't know if they're going to get the time and the, or the money, but, but we will see. Um, and, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up just in, in the key takeaways has to do with Olaf and the accident. And we hear in the, the television report that they know he had cocaine in his system. So has this pretty much doomed his plan to become king? I mean, not as if we ever believed he would actually become king of well, Norway. But be, all, all reality, he does. Well, he does there, but now back in the 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 prime world, yeah. um, you know, he he's alive. We assume he's in the hospital recuperating. But uh, look, I mean, he vehicular manslaughter, right? He was driving. Yeah. So she died. He was, you know, impaired. I mean, you would think he might go to prison. So, uh, well, and, and certainly we his see. his career as a religious figurehead is definitely torpedoed you know right and and i could see his character just you know going by the wayside you know maybe the you know we get in the first episode that he went to prison and okay fine that's that's certainly within the the realm of of what would be realistic (laughs) as if things have to be realistic right right uh, realistic uh just like that uh, alternate reality and the lady recovering from the knife wound in her neck and all that stuff but but you know i i think that i i think they actually at least want to have the ability to bring him back in um in season three otherwise they would have just killed him off right if they were done with his storyline they would just had him die in the accident but he is critically wounded or whatever so uh, or he's in critical condition whatever the the news you know the television says so you right. know at, at least that gives them the opportunity to have stories but you're you're right i mean how can this guy how can they make him like a major player because really his his storyline was this you know attempt to i guess become king of norway again and that uh, clearly is is not going to be a a possibility though you know, as in America, even though uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald said that, uh, in I think he said there's like what in America there's no second acts or whatever. Oftentimes there is a second act. Donald Trump is a Robert Downey Jr. Uh, the, we could, the list goes on and on. We could say of people who have successfully bounced back from uh, peril to their careers. So, you know, right. let's see. And I think the idea we get with Olaf is that he really does seem to be going down that road. You mentioned Trump as a grifter and cocaine use or not, you know, there may be an act two, but, you know, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time with that. Did you love the opening scene at Alex's apartment when he goes to the aquarium? Yeah, with the TARDIS in the fish tank. 
Absolutely. I mean, so, you know, yeah. Alex as the time Lord, and yeah. then he's loading that auto fish feeding thing. And we've got that storyline where Roberts wants to stop the fish from ever coming up on land. And, oh, and, you know, nice catch. I didn't leading catch to the yeah, evolution. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I thought that was pretty cool as well. But, you know, we're trying to figure out what the hell, as you said a few minutes ago, is going on. He drives to this secure facility after calling in sick. And and the other interesting thing, you know, Wanky is really pissed off. And and again, we've seen this scene before where she says, uh, not don't use the PMS card today. And it wasn't that long ago that Wanky was that character that didn't want to do any work you know the opening scene of the series you know she's pissed off because lars wants to actually investigate the death of this young woman and she's like well i guess i'm not going to bridge club tonight am i but you know now somebody doesn't show up for the team and, and and arguably the most important operation of their career and okay we we get that but then he's in his underwear smearing Vaseline all over his body. And okay. Yeah. Uh, at that fine. point, I'm like, do I really want to see what's going to follow here? Like, well, well, <laughs> all right. But uh, it, it does take us back to uh, Fringe and David Robert Jones. Yes, absolutely. That's you know, totally what I was thinking about with that. I'm like, uh, I, and you have to think it's at least a little bit of a call out to Fringe, you know? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and at first we're we're kind of trying to figure out what's going on because we we hear the audio in the background as this, you know, the these people wearing hazmat suits, you know, are going about their business and and I guess we realize it's real time. Abeke's in communication with this facility, so we assume that that the Norwegians don't hear the communication she has with that facility or maybe they do. I, I guess I look at it like I, I feel like they're keeping the Norwegians somewhat in the dark. Well, at least the police Norwegians, because there's definitely Norwegians it, yeah. working on this project, which is a question I had is why, I mean, nothing against Norway, but why Norway? Why, well, of course, maybe the Brits might have Project 19s going in a bunch of different countries now that I think about True. it. True. But, you know, it's just right? like, why are they teaming up with the Norwegians? Yeah. I mean, is there something, you know, again, like in Fringe, that there are different places throughout the world where, you know, the, you know that, that whatever's, you know, connecting from our world to the other world, you know, it, it has been weakened, you know, by, you know, environmental things that the, uh, that the human race has done. But we get that great scene then that, that, call it a paradigm shift i guess would be accurate alfeder wakes to the sound of a church bell which then yeah made me think about fred's feedback fred's place right yeah exactly um she gets up and, and obviously she's somewhat i don't want to say disoriented but but it, she she's like what the hell's going on you know she turns on the tv only to find that every channel's playing the bells helicopters are flying overhead and right away you realize there's something off that the colors are kind of muted. Well, yeah. So, and also we know she just 
created this big explosion by punching this other time traveler. And then now all of a sudden she's back in her apartment, or not her apartment, her trailer. So, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't take long, I think, for us to figure out, ah, this is, this looks like some kind of alternate reality, you know. Right. And I think to a large extent, it's because we have that experience as genre TV fans that I don't want to say we've seen this before, but we kind of have seen this before. Yeah. And it, it doesn't take away from, you know, what they're doing here, but but that no. does. I mean, like there's definitely said, a a significant amount of what's going on here time, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. but I think it doesn't take, especially when she goes, well, I mean, when she sees her car, I think then we're pretty <laughs> yeah. much. Yo, know, uh, it's not the BMW. No, man, that car sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like it couldn't and, be the like it just like to wake up in like the the like the shittiest version of your world possible. Is I think that's just basically what happens, right? She's got a crappy car. There's dudes going around with machine guns all over the place. Olaf is in charge. Uh, the Volvo is on money. It's just the crappy, crappy world that she wakes up in. Well, yeah, and even the show's theme music yeah. is different and, and somewhat muted. So I, I, I actually I really found that because I've got Shazam on my phone, so I hit that. So this uh, Bobby Bland recorded the original version, the, the classic one that that we all know, and we've been hearing okay. uh, for two almost two full seasons. This is Welshly Arms is the name of the band, and I have not heard of that band before. But they had a pretty nice version of "Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City," though. It was- well, well, yeah, and and uh, you know, so so like you said, I mean, it doesn't take us long to realize this is probably an alternate reality. We see religious symbols everywhere. She passes that military vehicle with the armed soldiers, and you know right away you think, "Oh, they have crosses on their sh- uniforms," but that's the Norwegian flag, I think, right? So I didn't notice what was on. Yeah, oh, the, it was the big. Norwegian you know, it was like flag red... doesn't. Oh yeah, it does have a cross on. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Blue so and, I think blue and uh, gold. Yeah, right. So you know, like you said, armed soldiers every street corner, and it's this dystopian alternate reality. And, and we're like, okay, well, let, let's see what goes on. And, and, you know, she drives to work. Wanky doesn't recognize her in the parking garage. Harold doesn't recognize her. She is with the cleaning crew. Yeah, she's with the cleaning crew. And, you know, she goes down and she sees Alex right away. And he mouths the words, not now. And you know, helps her get started with, you know, whatever work she's supposed to do. But he gives her that note and which says the crosses have ears. So which if you get, get that, like a visual image of that that's a really weird visual image. Yeah, my brother's <laughs> uh, my brother-in-law is an illustrator. That seems like something something he would do. <laughs> but you know, and then we we cut to Alex in the tank and we hear one of the technicians tell us that time transpired in the alternate reality is 9 hours and 4 minutes. But that he's only been in the tank, I forget now, what, two or three minutes. It's a short period of time. So, again, I don't I don't think we're meant to be able to figure out exactly how all of this works. No, that not at We all. just take that leap. And, and we would think that, or I would think that if there is a third season, that probably a big part of it is, you know, like Lars trying to find out 
what the hell's going on here in Project 19. Yeah. Or Lars and, and Alfielder. Right. So Alex tells her that, you know, when you clash with Roberts, it caused a time rift. The alternate present we see here materialized in its wake. So does that mean this replaced the old world or it's parallel to the old world? I guess I would think it's parallel to the old world because if it replaced it, then you're telling me closing the whole brought back the original. So I'm going with the fact that, that the two are coexisting. Yeah. Well, I think the, the fight with Roberts, you know, in the, in the subway tube is, you know, would back up what you just said there. Yeah. And that apparently him being in that tank allows, you know, him to basically exist in both worlds and, and, you know, know what's going on because as she said, you know, he's, so far, he's the only one that that knows what's what's really going on. That you know, she, you know that she, as she's trying to figure out what's going on with her, and, and then that the the fundamental present is in danger, and and of course he we think he's going to die. I, I guess he doesn't. Uh, we see at the end he's in the hospital. Right, he got better, and yeah, he got better. But that whole idea of of find him and make time whole, and, and of course. Alfeder's like, well, who's him? Yeah, classic, right? Like, oh, he collapses right before. Like, he's talking fine. And then all of a sudden, right before he gives her the real piece of information she needs, he collapses, just saying, find him. Yeah, right. And, and okay, the coughing blood, uh, a nice touch. I guess a byproduct of time travel. Again, I... I don't hate to keep going back to fringe. I, I love going back to fringe. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the effects that David Robert Jones experienced from his time traveling, I guess the interesting thing will be now, now, first of all, we, we know that time travel has obviously been a thing, you know, 5 million in the UK the last time we checked. And while these people experience some effects of time travel, nothing quite so drastic as say what David Robert Jones experiences and, right. and even Alex, but then Alex is traveling between universes, between worlds. So I, I guess we have to accept that that's probably a little more strain on the human body. And well, I mean, each show gets to make up their own rules for right. You sure. know, traveling and alternate realities and everything. So the thing is, you just got to kind of stick with the rules that you, uh, you create. And so far we don't really, we're just, we just barely figure out what the rules are. Right. And they don't know whether or not Alex made contact on the other side. So I, I guess they don't know. Did he, make contact with alternate alphader of course we know he did but right. but they don't at this point you know i i well, mentioned I mean, about old nine hours so you think like yeah right, hey, right yo honestly i probably would have maybe if i knew i was on the clock i was like maybe i'll go to her trailer which i totally know where that is and uh you know fill her in there instead yeah. of waiting for her to get in the work and make her way to the cleaning crew like, what kind of crap idea is that, Alex? Right. Now, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the real King Olaf and, and, you know, his role in promoting Christianity in Scandinavia back, uh, I don't know, was it like 1100, something like that, roughly. 
even here, how much does he really care about the religion? We we see this scene with the choir, which it seems to be all young women, and he tells the one that apparently didn't use the spray tan because she has eczema. She's wearing glasses and basically boots her from the picture. So it's, it's, right. it's, you know, okay, I, I was looking be, when they, they did the actual TV show. I was looking to see if that girl was, was in there. Like, yeah, it was hard to tell, but yeah. I don't think she was. Um, but, but, you know, again, it's, it seems to be all part of this grift that he's, putting together and i don't know if you noticed i didn't notice the first actually i've seen this episode now three times and it was one of the early scenes when alfeder's driving to work and you know she's looking around we're looking around and we see these soldiers on the street approach the young woman that's wearing jeans and oh i didn't catch that yeah, I didn't catch it the first two times either. And then we go back to that scene. Uh, right. I think it was last week or the week before with Maddie. And yeah, you know, Olaf guess, really got a, a thing for jeans. Right. And then, you know, all the other scenes we see women are wearing, you know, long robes or, you know, whatever. But, but yeah, I didn't catch that the first time. But, you so, know, it's funny because, you know, that, that car ride into Oslo for in the alternate world we used to you know see all the, the chaos of oslo as you know at the beginning of every episode as they drove into into town and you know like we you know all of a sudden now we see guys grabbing girls in jeans and guys with machine guns out you're like man you know like democracy might be messy but it's definitely preferable to the alternative you know well, yeah, and, and, and again, those of us that have read the book or seen the series of The Handmaid's Tale, again, it seems to be a society that's headed down that road. Now, you know, in, in Handmaid's Tale, they're not using religion uh, the way apparently Olaf is at this point. But uh, Well, I think it's very similar. I think Olaf's it, it, world is super similar. Well, you know, again— I've actually, I will admit, I've never read the novel, but as far as the the series, Olaf's world is very much like uh, the the world in Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. And, you know. Uh, Gilead, right? I think it's called. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, as she's trying to figure out who I'm supposed to make contact with, she overhears that group of Vikings singing what turns out to be you know, Tor Hun's fight or battle song or whatever. She starts drinking with them, finds out that he was beheaded at the demonstration at Stickelstad, which I believe we learned earlier that that was where Olaf was supposedly killed by uh, Tor Hun. So, but then that, but then what happens next is what you mentioned earlier. She sees the money and yeah. What the hell is that bitch doing on you know the money? <laughs> well, she's the queen. It's like okay, then I need to see the queen, right? And, and and again, the way this is put together is just great. That you know they they let the scenes develop, and and you know we hear her outrage that the vulva is the queen in this world, 
And then we see the queen lying in the bathtub. Olaf's flunkies come in with a package for her, and apparently she wanted uh, sanitary pads, not tampons. Right. So, uh, um, and you know, again, kind of a callback to the first episode when we see uh, Alfeder using moss, and and yeah. you know, she makes do here. It all leads up to that that eventual meeting. I mean, she goes to the palace, demands an audience with the queen, and, and gets herself arrested, thrown in the cell. But also she does get an audience with the queen. Well, she does. But did you also notice she headbutts the guy that yeah. Gregor's burned with his pipe yes. in the other world? Yeah, now, right. That guy's having it rough in both worlds, right? Right. Now, I didn't go back to check whether it's the same eye. I assume it probably is i would i would think that wasn't an accident that her head but you know did the damage to his eye you know the queen comes to see her recognizes that alfeder's from the other place you and the time demon open the door to the many worlds so i guess then my question we understand why alex understands what's going on right uh, um, to a certain extent, you know, Alfeder, you know, she's figuring it out along the way and it's being explained to her. I don't know if we really understand why Olaf and the Volva are the only two that apparently remember the other world because she remembers that, you know, if something happens here, then we're back to the other world where we're, you know, lying on the ground after a serious car accident. Right. So why them? I guess because. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, they did establish her as being like a kind of shamanistic character and having the the gift of sight. Um, so, yeah, I guess we kind of just chalk it up to that. But, yeah. Right, and, and, right. but I do, you know, when she says to Alfeder, you know, the that you and the time demon open the door to the many worlds, not the other world. So again, how many worlds are out there? Obviously we're not going to explore all of them if the, if, and when the show returns, but like we said a, a little bit ago, this is not the first time the Brits have had to deal with a situation, a situation like this, but, but I love what she says to Alfeder. I'm just a humble sorceress who seizes my opportunities and okay. Not wrong. You know, not wrong, but she's thrown in jail when, and she's got some other women who, as soon as they hear her name, it's like, Oh my God, Angus daughter. Right. 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 Now. Okay. So you and I've had this conversation on a number of times. The character that we've known as Odin previously and and whether or not it was a hallucination of Lars or some sort of manifestation or what so what is it now I mean right uh, that question is remains unanswered because yeah I mean we see the the character the person uh, you know this Odin in the cell as a flesh and blood person that everyone else can see there multiple people can see right but yet it's in this alternate reality and not the same character that we saw as Odin, right? Like she's much different. Right. Right. And, 
then we learn that a shaman named Lars Holland foretold that Angus' daughter would free them from their chains. So, you know, it's, I don't know, you just have to love it. And then we cut to Lars, and not only does he have long hair now, looking very scruffy, but he's got several naked women in bed with him. Yeah, so when he asks, you know, are you sure the other world is better than this one? I mean, the answer to that for Lars is, uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it seems like you're doing okay in this world, Lars. Right. Now, he is still using the drops, so that's right. Heavily you know, certainly an aspect here. And, and again, it, it, is that his peyote? Is that whatever, you know, the drug that allows him to you know, experience these visions, these predictions? I, it seems to be in this world. I mean, I guess we could you know, make the argument in the other world it, to a certain extent. I mean, we've said it does seem to help him focus. And, and you know, as Alfeder says, to her understanding, he started using the drops because of pain in his hands. But, you know, we never really got any explanation that the lar- uh, that the lars that the drops were some sort of a a painkiller or pain reliever. So right. Well, again, I, I, you know, no, I I agree. I think this is the first time that we actually you know because we were wondering like why is he uh, why is he taking the drops? What's the deal with them? Um, I think this really is the first time that we directly hear you know what they do for him, why he's addicted to them yeah yeah and and, you know then right after you know asking if her world is better she's like show me the way home and and again i mean look we're english teachers so making allusions to other creative work is kind of what we do so you know i'm thinking wizard of oz and dorothy going to see the wizard sure and then of course he's Cuts his hand, tastes her, or cuts her hand, tastes her blood. <laughs> a, a nod to the vulva. Yeah, were you concerned world? that this was going to go like the second level of sight that the vulva took with that? Because I'm like, oh, don't. <laughs> Come on. Don't. Yeah, oh, right, right. I forgot it. But well, yeah. You know, okay. All right. Well, I'm, well yeah. and, and this one, I guess we could, you know, bring There's that, room in that bed for another one. Right, well, right. That, but the, the problem being that she's his granddaughter now. Now, oh oh good point right about that. <laughs> like, see, yeah. see like it's all fun and games right uh because um you know like i you know, this is just we can address it i mean i'll admit before especially season one you're shipping you know alfielder and lars right i mean not you but yeah. i am you know i'm thinking okay sure you know they're, yeah they're buddies but you know if they hook up that'd be that might be kind of a cool thing i'm up for that um but now you know, obviously, we are just so relieved <laughs> that that didn't happen because, man, if they had hooked up at some point, the uh, eventual conversation, now that Alfielder knows that she's his granddaughter, would be, that would be a very well, that, awkward moment. To well, say then the we least. start pulling out the uh, Oedipus references and, and right. uh, you know, go down that rabbit hole, but... He sees a girl looking for her mother, which, you know, again, given what we come to learn, certainly fits, even though, you know, we really haven't had 
occasion to hear Alfeder really bemoan the fact that she doesn't know her parents and and doesn't remember her parents. She just remembers, um, you know, her her life with Tor Hun's father. But then that 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 comment, he says, she's saying it cannot die that which is not born. Right. <laughs> okay. So what reference am I heading to next? Uh, cannot die of man. Oh yeah, Macbeth. Man not born of woman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you get the Macbeth. I so, thought you were yeah. going to go the Game of Thrones. You know, oh, what is dead? Okay. You know, the the Ironborn. Like that's their thing. What is oh, his right. dead cannot die. But yeah, I mean, there's right. loads of 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 potential references there. But yeah, no doubt. Right. So you know, she she goes and uh, it it doesn't take her long to figure out that uh, Wanky's password is Anton. Her yeah, cat. what a and, crappy and, uh, password. No special yeah, no characters, kidding. no numbers, no nothing, and just Anton, the name yep. of the cat that she has a picture of right next to her computer. This yep. is just so she, poor security. Michael uh, would be appalled. So she, all right, so she tracks down Roberts, who's fishing at the end of a pier. Again, the irony there, because he keeps talking about stopping that fish from jumping out onto the to land, and here he is fishing. He's got the one fish lying on the ground next to the knife, which obviously comes into uh, into play. But he asks her what the plan is, and she's like, close the riff and get our old world back. Think bigger. Travel back in time with me to when the first fish crawled onto the land, which now tells us, unless Roberts is delusional, which obviously he is to a certain extent, but I don't yeah. know that he's delusional about time travel. So he seems to believe that they can go back a lot further than the 19th century. And is that what he's saying? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's definitely what he's saying because he's like, you have to do that. Why does he need a traveling buddy? I don't know. Maybe it's because, oh, we have to cover millions of years in order to find this fish. Probably best to split it up between the two of us. Like, you know, I don't know. It's It's an insane idea just at the start, right? Yeah. But then just to think of if like you're, if he... Like I, I just assumed before, like it was just like this. He was, um, you know, just proposing the scenario. But um, you know, it's like if you really want to do that, that is knocking futz, man. <laughs> because you would, I mean, like where, where are you gonna try and, and find this fish? Because it's not like it's like a historically recorded event, right? And uh, what day? or moment are you going to catch this fish because again not historically recorded so just the 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 but he actually that's like that's his actual plan is to yeah. try and, and kill humanity before it can exist and that is insane because I, I also i would say to you Jai roberts that you might kill that one fish but if evolution is taking place there's going to be other fishes. Are you just going to stand on the shore of every shore in the world for thousands or millions of years, killing every single fish that walks up on land? Because that's probably what you're going to have to do. Right. It's and, a and crazy it's almost, plan. I mean, it, it's almost something 
that the doctor would do, not not to change things, but just to show. I can't remember which companion he takes to see the end of the world. I, I, I want to say it's Rose, but I don't think it is. Uh, I think it might. Ooh, that's a good one, man. I think it was Donna or. See, I don't know that it was Martha. So anyway, it was, it was again, one, I think it was one of those two, actually. Right. But but not to change anything, but merely to observe. So, you know, in, in this case, and, and Alfeder's got the, the exact right a- approach. You are one crazy fuck, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then at the risk of, of taking one of your uh Oh, it was Rose, lines. actually. I, I just looked at it. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, The End of the um, World, uh, season one, episode two. Right. She picks up the knife. I'm a fighter, not a thinker. <laughs> like, okay, I love it. So then we're back, you know, and you mentioned about her recovering from the knife wound to her neck. And, you know, on the one hand, I, I, I get that. But on the other hand, we've already seen her with physical things happening to her that she seems to snap back right. much more quickly. That's a pretty big one, though, man. Like she took that. That is a pretty big one to the throat, you know. But but yeah, I mean, she's a superhero now, right? Right now, the other thing, though, if I observed correctly, the knife is left in her neck. Yeah. So, which is a bad move for Roberts. Well, well, right. But I mean, what I'm getting at is, if you pull the neck, the knife out, she bleeds to death. Right. If you leave it in until the paramedics get there, which I'm assuming happened, but maybe I miss. miss I, I think saw. that happens with some wounds. I don't know if that's when you get a knife to the throat, but maybe. Okay. okay. I've seen um, that before, right? I mean, we've seen it in movies before. I don't even know if that's an actual thing, but certainly in movies, like someone stabs a dude. It's like, I can't remember what which one it was, but you know, they're on like a subway and the guy stabs a dude. He's like, all right, but, but you know, leave that in because if you pull it out, you're going to die. Yeah, so right, know. but but I I guess that's what she does do because she pulls it out of her th- own throat and plunges it into Robert's chest. Yes. So I guess that what I was saying doesn't you know make any sense other than you know that whatever these special abilities she has you know these well, healing properties. Right. You know, she's she's said. yeah she's she's like Wolverine man. She right. just, she, she heals right away. The Queen understands that this alternate world is threatened. And then, of course, she flashes back to herself lying on the pavement after the accident, dies holding Alfeder's cross in her hand, and then the explosion seems to go in reverse as if it never happened. So, okay. Uh, So, again, it doesn't really answer the question as to whether there were ever actually two worlds coexisting. I, I think there were. And, you know, the alternate world just... I, I don't know. I mean, is it still out there? I don't. I mean, I, is, I don't. I mean, I would assume that. I would assume that when she killed Roberts, that somehow that erased this alternate reality in that took place. I, I think Fred points out like it's really they they don't really answer a lot of these questions for us, right? Right, and and that's fine. I mean, sure. Um, you know, it's their riff on the many worlds theory. And, and again, that's fine. I mean, uh, you know, like w- with Charlie Jade, I hate to bring that up because I know, <sighs> Dave, you. <laughs> but I mean, those were three parallel worlds that 
you know, we're constantly in existence. So it's not like something happened to, you know, and everything closed up, but, um, so Roberts is dead. His body's going to be extradited back to England. And now it's time for, you know, the, the truths to start coming out. And, and, and she tells Lars about her experiences, Alex's involvement. And, you know, I mean, he's not sure what to believe. And, and you certainly understand that. He asks her about her name and her parents and whether or not she was adopted and then that's when she reveals, you know, her truth that I guess you could argue she didn't realize that was her truth when they first met. Should she have told him at some point? Well, okay. I mean, they're partners. I mean, they're not, they're, you know, they're not a couple. So, I mean, she's telling him now, right. so I think, you know, you know, and then after that, she wakes in her trailer. We start over again. She's back to driving her Audi. Everything is good. Harold recognizes her. And then she asks about Alex. And and Harold doesn't do too bad a job, but we know he's lying or or holding something back, as does she. So, uh, you know. Now, you know, when you saw Lars and Gregors and Marie and and Ingrid, what did you think they were going to do? I don't know. You know, and I, mean, I can honestly say it's even having watched before, like, it's like, you know, I totally just like, I mean, I, I knew it, she wasn't getting an abortion. But that's what it seemed like. I know. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I guess they probably are trying to make it seem like that. But I guess I, you know, I, I remembered that I knew that Alfielder was her daughter, so she clearly doesn't get. The abortion, and certainly she had declared in the previous episode she wasn't going to, um, but she could have changed her mind. So, but yeah. it was a, it was a nice scene, you know. I mean, that's yeah. a, a, a such a kind of like that. That's such a, a big moment, like when you kind of go in, you get that ultrasound. It's so exciting to to see the baby and 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 hear the heartbeat and all that stuff. Uh, so to for her to invite all the parents um that was that was a kind of a nice scene for this what what is now an extended family right we 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 see that these people all work together as a family unit even though they're not they don't live together now you know we were talking about the flashbacks at the beginning of the discussion and you know as she's examining the volva's personal effects from the crash she finds a necklace like we talked about flashes back to just after her rescue by Tor's father and you know he he's carrying her and 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 all of that we find out you know when abeke tells alex that alfeder's dna you know got the match and, and and all of that and then we flash forward to ingrid giving her daughter the cross so you know is that alfeder's memory or is that a flash forward or I mean, yeah, in this case, it would be a flash forward for the audience. I mean, Alfreda realizes that this is her cross. Yeah. Does she know the significance of what that means? I, mean, I just, A, from what I said before about it, it being, why would they throw that out there just for the audience when it wasn't something genuinely being experienced by the character? But also her reaction. Like you look at her face, and she looks like like it's not just like oh I I remember this cross like 
the cross is I, I I firmly believe the cross is triggering memories of of her mother and that's you can see like the this the the extreme emotion on her face as she you know as she goes through this okay and, and, and I don't have any evidence that would you know dispute that so you know I, I think that's I mean, I really like that. I mean, I hope that's the case. And, and it, it kind of leads us then into a prelude to season three. And, and um, you know, your contention, and I'm going to go along with you, is that Alphadur understands what has just happened. Now, the question is, is she going to learn about the DNA match, which solidifies things? What do the Brits plan to do with that knowledge right. that she is, in fact, Lars Holland's. Well, again, we go back to the theme of WTF Brits. Right, right, sure. You know, like, what are you doing? Right now, <laughs> I, I would like to think they're going to flash forward either nine months or four years. Right. I'm hoping they flash forward four years, but but I guess what then what I'm getting at is okay. Then we've got the old time travel paradox. Yeah. Can they both coexist in the same time? Right. Yeah, that's that's, and, that's that's a great question. And what will happen if they actually physically meet? I mean, that was something. I'm sorry, I apologize in in advance. That was something that happens in that show that takes place on an island. <laughs> and um, I forget which character it was, but but again, it was one of those where where, where they're observing another version of themselves um right. so i mean i mean certainly this is going to happen i mean i i can't imagine they're not going to uh, make use of this you know in a narrative way so right. well here's also what, what i'm wondering because <laughs> i think that outfielder realizes that ingrid is her mother so does she tell lars right you know, because then, because you know, then that opens up a bunch of things. Because there's what we do not want to see. What we are not looking forward to seeing is when she's separated from her mother. When there's obviously some kind of boating accident that right. where where she winds up in the past. Right? We don't want to see that, but we know it's in the future. We're going to see it probably, unless Outfielder then changes it. She says, "Hey, I'm your daughter." I get lost in a boating accident and end up in the past. And so, you know, maybe Ingrid's like, okay, well, no boats for you, kiddo, right? Right. And and then does she change that future? And then what happens? So I don't know. There's there's all kinds of time travel, timey-wimey things that are possibilities here if Alfielder does indeed realize that she's Ingrid's daughter. Right, and we've already seen Ingrid with the one boating accident, you right. know, with the other girlfriends where they were, you know, trying to, you know, make a, a YouTube video, and and Maddie ends up going back to the Viking age. So yeah, for the bend um, over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so there we are. I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, it's just fascinating. Yeah. I mean, there's so so many ways they could go here there's so I just, many ways just, they can go that's like, mean, let's I say just, fred said he does he thinks that they've kind of wrapped stuff up. i mean i know he didn't mean like they wrap wrap stuff up but i think right. they just have really now it's it's not like the end of sarah connor chronicles which that no. is devastating but 
you know, they did certainly open up a lot of possibility for story for season three here. All right. Anything else you want to bring up before we get to the feedback? Okay. A couple things. Um, first of all, this episode was had lots of good stuff. We had violence. We had alternate reality. We had boobs. Nudity. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, um, so lots of good stuff. But yeah, this is a really strong episode. Uh, we talked about where the Brits up to, boat accident, Alfield, Darren, Ingrid, superpowers. Um, super glad that Lars and Alfielder never hooked up. Roberts and his crazy fish thing. Project 19, what's going on? Um, the only thing I guess, uh, this is all the stuff I just kind of at the end said things to like, you know, note to self and what to bring up. You know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan. And you might be surprised to hear this. I doubt you would be. Of the extended coda. I think I've complained about these with other episodes before. Where the, the action of the show is pretty much done. But we have this long extended coda at the end, right, and everything. I'm not usually super up on those, but I think this is one time when maybe I'm not so upset about it. That they seem to, um, you know, there was a lot of significant stuff happening after the action was done. Right, they're, because they're, they're, they're closing, you know, no pun intended, the, the other world story, which then opens up this other genetic paradox that we're, we're now going to have to deal with moving forward. So, yeah, I know what you're saying, but, but you know, I think in this case it yeah. not only worked, but it was necessary. Um, I, I like how when she's trying to prove to Lars that she knows him, the last thing she says, oh, and you're gluten intolerant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> So that's hilarious. And she obviously does know Lars pretty well. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the feedback segment. And before we hear from Fred, uh, Ben Mason checked in via the Facebook group. Dave and Wayne, I'm very glad you guys watched season two and I've enjoyed following along again months after my own viewing. I've wanted to submit feedback, with a fr- but with a Friday release schedule and familial obligations, I rarely have had a chance to both listen to your podcast in full and rewatch the next episode to share feedback in time for your recording. Hopeful this timing works, absolutely. I was a little surprised to hear that Dave had preemptively watched the full season before recording. Wayne, I know there's no hope for you. Yeah, true. At the, at the start of the season, I was having a difficult time following the John Roberts story, and I wonder if the season ending would have recolored your impressions. I still feel like there are some parts of the story that were not delivered coherently or had plot ties that were not apparent, but similar to an earlier comment you guys had made, knowing the ending makes a lot of the earlier plot points make sense. And and yeah, I mean, that's a show, again, I, I guess like Dark also, that there's a there's a it works both ways i mean you know seeing it for the first time you can be in your predictive mode and trying to figure things out but once you've seen the whole thing you you really start noticing you're making connections yeah and and the multiple levels of meaning yeah that that are presented that you had no idea they were meaningful yeah, so, so getting this with my my westworld rewatch man i'm like oh like, yeah ah oh, no you know like now you're just seeing things like season one that came out in like season three just like 
dude. So yeah, yeah. it's 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 yeah. cool both ways. This is it's fun. Yep. So he goes on, certainly this is not the intended way a story should be understood in most cases, but nevertheless, I'm glad I stuck with it through the whole season. Aside, I've let go of the second season of Raised by Wolves. After two episodes, I was just not interested in the characters or compelled to see what happens. Should I give it another go when I'm perhaps in a better viewing state? Uh, Ben, I wasn't even interested enough to start season two. So I guess that would be my answer. Yeah, um, you, don't, you don't watch. I it, haven't right? even seen season one yet. So. Yeah, because like you um, just seemed like you were not up on it very well. So there's just so much yeah. other stuff out there, especially right now. Yeah, and season one, uh, yeah, it was. I don't know. Anyway, so the first four episodes of this continue in a similar theme from season one, in which the show seems to be primarily a pol- police procedural with a sci-fi setting. Time travel elements are influencing the characters and events, but aren't driving the narrative reminiscent of The Leftovers. The actors' character development and writing have all been superb with the aforementioned plot challenges in season two, but it's in episode five that the speed of events begins to ratchet up. And then in episode six, it really gives me those dark, all caps, warm, fuzzy feelings. It's here that we're really starting to see these characters transform themselves in the show into something new. I love the bizarre alt world created by the Rift, staying with Alphater as we all tried to figure out what was happening together. And I especially like the alt world version of the Heart of the City intro theme that helped confirm this is a slightly different place. And I'm not a Who villain, but I wonder if the phone booth in the fish tank is a reference to a TARDIS. And uh, we kind of already acknowledge that we think it certainly is. The reveal that Alphadur is Lars' granddaughter was such a jaw-dropping moment. I can't wait for another season to see where this goes. Will Alphadur continue to develop into some sort of chosen one trope? Did time travel make her special, or was she special and so able to time travel? Is she a product of Project 19 or a natural example that Project 19 tried to emulate and ended up creating a serial killer? Will Alphadur's traveling back into time as a child be the start of these time travel loops? Will she send herself back because she has to in a bootstrap paradox? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. And there are lots of questions that we may or may not ever get addressed. Why did Maddie not have any similar kind of super hippocampus effects? Is Alex also a time traveler or just an all-world visitor? And why did he suffer a stroke instead of becoming time-powerful? You know, I think that's one of those things that that we don't have any evidence that Alex is a time traveler. We just Just, have evidence that he's part of this program with the Brits. Right. How does the uh, Volva control this alt world that exists in the Rift? And how the heck is the Project 19 team ready to insert Alex into an alt world? How did they know such a thing would happen or a world would exist for him to be inserted? And as we said before, this has can't be the first time it's happened so i look back in episode five and they said our norwegian partners decide to prepare the temporal agent just in case something goes wrong so what exactly was alex's purpose to tell alfeder that she had to find john roberts and kill him in the prime world will we ever get to see all world odin again lots more questions i'm sure for now we can only wait for the show to be renewed ben awesome stuff Thank you for checking in. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked a lot about what 
he he brings up there. But yeah, more questions than answers, which is uh, yeah. kind of the way we like. Well, it. we got a lot of answers, but you know, also yeah. So like the best shows, right? They they feed you some answers, but then they bring up a ton more questions uh, to keep us. So yeah. All right. Well, let's hear what Fred's got for us this week, and we will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Be Foreigners Season 2, Episode 6, the Season 2 Finale. Okay, let's start with the ending. A 25% match with Lars Harland's DNA. That, of course, can be a granddaughter, and it obviously is, because she has this memory to get the cross from Ingrid, her mother. On the other hand, 25% is also your grandmother, for instance, or an aunt. And that is actually on average. Could be more, could be less. So genetically seen, 25% is actually a bit too accurate. Not impossible, but it could be more or less. And this makes the story quite round up. I don't say that there are no open endings, open storylines, but what if this is the ending of the series? Well, as you know, I'm not a super fan of Beforeners. A third season would be nice, but I'm not very sad if there is not a third season. I had the quick search on the internet, but couldn't find anything about cancelling or confirmation of a third season. So we probably have to wait. So this whole story makes us conclude that Alf Hilder traveled back to Viking time in 10 years from now. Which means that time traveling doesn't stop. Big question, of course, is she in 10 years sent by somebody or is that a kind of natural phenomenon then? So probably we lost Olaf, we lost the Volva, we lost Jack the Ripper, a.k.a. John Roberts. The big question remains, what does he and Alf Hilder have in common and why is it problematic when they meet and how this ends that she tries to kill him but doesn't succeed in the alternative timeline but does succeed in the present time really well time travel is strange but to wrap your head around that funniest thing about the alternative timeline was for me when Alf Hilder saw the money what does that bitch do on the money well it's our queen the whole project 19 so the time travel institution with Precious and Alex etc would be an opening of course for a third season you are watching Stranger Things Wayne well this gives me a feeling of of Stranger Things as well with kind of word alternative universes worlds etc which are not very much explained how they really function but perhaps that's all open for a third season I've seen a lot of other time travel series where the time travel element is much clearer. So is this just a flaw or is this on purpose and the opening for a third season? But if that's true, then I still think they let us hang quite in the air with this. Okay, I'm going to wrap up. I'm very curious about what you're going to do next 
perhaps even the second season of Warrior Nun. That's supernatural, could be. Of course, you didn't do the first uh, season, but a suggestion could be just do the first season with two episodes in a row, and you are in, I think, five weeks there to connect to season two. Okay, that will be all. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Now, Fred brings up the possibility that this could be the finale of the series. I, I have to believe it's not going to be, but we've talked about this before, that what if and can a season finale of a certain show function as a series finale? I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, you mentioned Sarah Connor Chronicles and with good reason. I feel like this is almost on par with that in, in that. No, you, you can't leave us here. Right. So, you know, I, I hope that's not it now. He, I, again, Fred, I may have misunderstood you that it sounded like you, you mentioned that, that Olaf died and, and, you know, maybe you just meant that that we're going to lose him as a character because, as I mentioned earlier, I would agree. I don't see how he avoids prison at, at this point. So, uh, you know, we will see. You know, it, it's just like only 12 episodes, six in each season, it's just not enough to cover yeah. all that needs to be. And, and these are normal length episodes, you know, you right. know, 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah, they're not doing the, the Stranger Things uh, feature length uh movie episode length so yeah, yeah but uh <clears throat> all right, anything else about fred's feedback no yeah i think basically which what you would just said right that um i i would not be okay with them not getting renewed um but uh, on the one hand I, I see what fred say they did wrap up this season pretty much you know like the the yeah. john roberts big bad thread got resolved but of course yeah. there's more things that i uh, would really as we said i just really want to see where they're going to go with this uh, yeah because oh by the way your partner's your grandfather yeah yeah bt dubs yeah so, so if they would if they if they do cancel it, I, th I think skeeter would be the word you're looking for <laughs> absolutely i was thinking about that a few minutes ago and then i got <laughs> sidetracked exactly so uh right, you want to leave it there yeah i think so i think we're, do, we're good. Do, do we agree on an a plus or well here's the thing about the a plus oh <laughs> boy okay you know is it international assassin good you know uh, yeah it's okay it's if if there i would say i'm gonna give this i'm gonna go numbers on this i'm gonna give this a 98 Okay. A ninety-eight point five. I'll say well, it's an a plus, up dude. there, but it's not international assassin good. Okay, fair. Fair so, point. It's a yeah. tough. I've I've established a very difficult bar for shows to reach, but that's kind of like in my head. That's what gets an A plus. So there okay. you go. All right. Fair enough. It's I'm very good. Ninety-eight. I'm going to put 98.5 on the uh, blog post. Okay. So, <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and leave it there. That will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. I'd uh, love to hear what you think about BeFarners, uh, anything going on in your genre world. Join the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. 
We'll be back next week to talk about the series premiere of the Amazon Prime Video series Outer Range. But until then... Yeah, Dave, I know this is just like an awkward question, and it's been just bucking me for like a whole week. And I just, I just gotta, I'm sorry. I just gotta ask. I know it's awkward. I know it's weird. I don't want to make it too weird, but I just have to know, why do you have a thread hanging out of your fanny? <laughs>